Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest, Hour 1 of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I am your host, Eric Von Hessler. Of course, I am joined by the Doctrinaires. English Nick is here. Good day, sir. Autumn Fisher is here. Hello. And the handsomest producer in all of producery, Jared Yamamoto, is here. Good morning, guys. It's kind of an odd way we're doing the show. We're on an hour earlier than usual. We'll end at the... No, we're on a oh two hours earlier. I'm sorry, I was, I'm wrong about that. Uh, two hours earlier. I'm the I'm in a different time zone. Two hours earlier than usual. So how it's going to work this this uh, week is we're going to do an hour from eleven to noon, and then at noon we're going to replay the Republican debate from last night, and then after that we will be on from the end of that to three, which I think the the debate came in right at about two hours. So then we'll be back on basically two to three. So it's a von Hessler doctrine sandwich today, and there's uh, plenty. To talk about, so let's start with this. Headlines of the week. All right, Jared, I think the biggest headline came out of last night. Yeah, you heard this on WSB first. Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia died yesterday at 79 years old, creating a campaign 2016 political earthquake. That's the word I'm using. Those are the words I'm using. I don't <laughs> even know that people recognize just what this is going to do to, I mean, you already have a political circus in the election and this is an atomic bomb dropped right into the middle of it it's uh, now on one hand you've got the human element a man died uh, he was he's going to be remembered as one of the uh, most important conservative minds that ever sat on the supreme court and on the other hand uh, it's going to take about 48 hours before all of the politics begin going. And I'm going to tell you right now, everything that happens on both sides, Republican and Democrat, from this point forward, is all about politics. And it's all about the presidential campaign. And it's going to be all about getting uh, the base of both sides really energized to get out there and to vote. This means we are going to have a huge election. Probably more people are going to vote than maybe ever before. So uh, first, let's deal with Scalia and his mind and the way that he dealt with constitutional law. So uh, Scalia was what you would call an originalist. He believes so you had two sides with the Constitution. Uh, this is the originalist side believes, basically, you just go by the letter exactly what was meant by the founders when they put that thing in there, and that's it. You stick with that. Uh, the other side, usually with the left, considers the Constitution a living, breathing document that was written in one period of time, but things have changed. For instance, you know, if, uh, if Thomas Jefferson came back today, or John Adams, before you had a conversation with them about what the Second Amendment means in 2016, you would first have to explain 
jet travel to them, right? They didn't live. <laughs> they didn't live in our day. So it's so to the living and breathing document people, they say it's a place to start, and then you apply it to your times. Now the the knock against that is that well that's just an excuse so that you can throw everything that you believe trends fads even and say well the Constitution backs you up so the originalists saying no you go back by the letter the letter I lean more toward the originalist interpretation than the living and breathing part but not as a purist as much as Scalia was a purist. I'm not, look, the guy was much smarter than I'll ever be. He had, <laughs> he, had, he had more smarts in his thumbnail than I have in my entire brain, believe me. But from my point of view, I'm not a purist the way that he was because I think that you can also, it's interesting, the knock against the living and breathing document people is you'll just put all of your, whatever your ideas are into the Constitution. But you know what? It turns out that the originalist the Constitution tells them and backs up everything that they already believe is true. So you can also use those originalist ideas to back up ideas that you have in 2016. Uh, for instance, marriage and what is that? What is marriage and what isn't marriage and whether it's found that right is found in the Constitution or not. Uh, the originalists say it's not there, but it also turns out that they don't believe that mar gay marriage should be a allowed either so you quite so often convenient for them yeah it can be it can be yeah. uh but for me I, I i if i lean one way i lean more toward the originalist interpretation so that's the von hessler doctrine on scalia a great man a great mind and certainly one of the most important conservative minds that's ever been on the supreme court now let's transition to the political race and what this means in terms of politics and what i'm saying to you is Every single thing that happens from this moment forward, from the Republican side and from the Democrat side, is about politics and it's about the presidential race. Now, the Republicans are being ridiculous when they say to Obama, you've got a whole year here, you've been handed, it's hard to think in these terms because a man died, but you've been handed a political gift, something you did not expect. Obama had no idea that he would have a chance to place another justice on a divided court, which often comes down 5-4 conservatives over the liberals. Not always, but on some of the most important things, it comes down that way. So for any conservative who's, who look in the mirror, and if you tell me that Obama should not nominate someone that he wants to be on the Supreme Court, being handed this opportunity from his political point of view... You have to look in the mirror and tell me that if the shoe was on the other foot <laughs> and you had a year with a conservative president, that you would not want that conservative president to at least nominate somebody, especially when there's a presidential race going on. So that's a non-starter. The reality here is the president is going to nominate, and then the other reality is that the Senate has <laughs> the right to block that nomination. And that's almost certainly what is going to happen and what that means is this is not probably not going to be decided until the voters go to the polls and choose their next president because this is they, going to be a big deal. Are they going to block anybody that he puts out no matter who it is? Uh, yes, basically yes. Yeah. I mean I mean unless now here's the thing, it's all politics. So Obama, if he's smart about it, is not going to pick the most extreme mm. liberal. He's going to try to pick like a Kennedy type or someone like that to put on there. 
the game politically is going to be which side is able to paint the other side as more extreme. So if Obama takes if Obama takes the most liberal of liberal liberal progressive minds, like a Sotomayor. Uh, yeah, and 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 puts that person up there. Then maybe the voting electorate thinks that Obama is on the extreme, and the Republicans. And we're talking. We're not talking about Republicans and Democrats in the bases. We're talking about the people in the middle. We're talking about independents, people who vote Democrat sometimes and Republican other times. So if Obama goes with the most progressive person he can find, then maybe the independents and people in the middle say, "Well, that's the extreme end." Uh, if Obama puts somebody up that most people in the middle think is, well, he's a good mind or she's a good mind and uh, is worthy of being on the Supreme Court and is somewhere more toward the center, and then it's just blocked, like kind of like what Autumn just brought up, block it just to block it, then in political terms... Uh, the electorate in the middle might decide, well, the Republicans are the ones who are being extreme here because Obama has actually nominated someone who is not as politically to the left as he is. That's my point here. Is It's the whole game is political, and it's going to be decided on which side plays the political game smarter, smarter vis-a-vis the people in the middle who decide elections. Every single thing that happens from this point forward on this is political. Don't believe anything else that you hear. It is two sides trying to affect the presidential contest. But the non-starter here is the idea that uh, the most progressive president in our history has been handed Mm -hmm. the opportunity to change the balance of the courts, and he's not going to do what he can to try to make that happen. That's a non-starter. Uh, politically and constitutionally, he has the right to nominate. Politically and constitutionally, the Republicans have the right to block. And then it's up to you, the voter. It's up to the people. And it is going to really, really, really become a huge part of the presidential contest because it, up to now, uh, Republican candidates and Democrat candidates have been talking about in the abstract that the next president could have the opportunity to put two or three people on the Supreme Court, but that was down the road, and it wasn't really, it wasn't main, front and center. Wasn't going to affect the election. Now, now it's going to really, really, really polarize both sides, because, and and also, it's kind of a win for Obama on a lot of these issues before the court, if there is no replacement for a year, because in a 4-4 tie, that means the judgment stays the same from the lower circuit court. And a lot of these things have been brought by conservatives. They think they've got a good shot in the Supreme Court of overturning some of these lower court decisions. So it's not a slam dunk that way. Also, something you have to look for is the idea of a recess appointment. If the Senate is in recess, the president has a right to... Uh, appoint someone hmm. without Senate advice. Ooh, and sneak cons- it in. Yeah, but here's the thing. What the Senate can do is never go into recess. <laughs> you know, I, I, the, these rules are arcane, but basically you have to have the thing open for three minutes a day or an hour a day or something, and they'll do that. But I also have another understanding here <laughs> that, that there may be a chance. Now, I, want, I, I have to look deeper into this. I'm just throwing this out there on the table, but I believe that the congressional, the Senate ends in January a couple of weeks before the president leaves office. So you could have a situation, I believe, where they keep the thing without recess the whole time, right? And then 
the president, and a Republican could have won the presidency, right? and the president in that middle area could appoint someone to the Supreme Court that's very progressive. This is going to be a political mess. And speaking of political messes, I believe we're going to talk about that debate last <laughs> night when we return. The Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. WSB's Kirk Mellis predicting a high around 46. That translates to a four on the Mellis meter. Now look, people, we got a winter weather threat brewing in the WSB Storm Center. Kirk We'll have an update at the top and bottom of each hour today and first thing tomorrow morning on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. This weather extended report is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. You are listening to a, a sort of a special sandwich version of the Von Hessler Doctrine. We're on this hour at 12 o'clock. We're going to replay the, de the Republican debate from last night. And then after that's over, you're going to get another hour of the Von Hessler Doctrine, whether you like it or not. I'm Eric Von Hessler. I'm surrounded by my doctrinaires, uh, English Nick, Autumn Fisher, and Jared Yamamoto. Throw another headline at me. Yeah, as you were mentioning there, we had two debates last week. So the Democrats debated on Thursday night, and the GOP debated last night. And uh, boy, was, did it get exciting last night! Now, all I need—if uh, you—if you missed uh, the Democrat debate on Thursday night, this is all you need to hear. Uh oh, I thought it was—I'm not plugged in good enough for you to hear. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, and I know, I know too. That's it. So she knows. Okay, that's all. That's all you did, right, Hillary? You know, right? I know. <laughs> you, I, I, I know. I know. You know that I know. <laughs> <laughs> So there's our there's our uh, roundup, and then Bernie Sanders. I'm going to give a thing to everybody who needs a thing, and let's be clear, let's be clear, let's be clear about this. Everybody, every person, a home equals dignity. So the government's going to buy a house for everybody because everybody. Let's be clear, let's be clear that everybody deserves everything all the time. Now to last night's debate. I can look. So many people. I walked in today. Oh, that was an exciting debate last night. I found it to be. I I, I cannot imagine Ronald Reagan watching that debate and even recognizing the Republican Party. This was more like Showtime at the Apollo than an actual debate. I get it was a Real Housewives reunion. It really, <laughs> yes, it really was. I have never seen debates where people call one another liars. You know, people always disagree during a campaign, and then they get to the convention, and the people who used to be against the person are now giving speeches about how they should be president of the United States. And yes, we differed over policies, but he's a good person, or she's a good person. And now, these people, after calling one another liars... And child molesters. What? And, well, I mean, like a child molester. Wow. Donald Trump at one point said his psych, uh, Ben Carson psychology was like that of a. And this, so I'm, this is a rather long clip here, but this was the tenor of the debate last night. Right now, today, as a candidate, he supports federal taxpayer funding for Planned Parenthood. I disagree with him on that. That's a matter you of are principle. The and, I'll, and I'll tell you, the single biggest liar. You probably are worse than Jeb Bush. You are the single biggest liar. <laughs> All right. This guy Woo! lied. Let me just tell you, this guy lied about Ben Carson when he took votes away from Ben Carson in Iowa, and he just continues. And today we had robocalls saying Donald Trump is not going to run in South Carolina, where I'm leading by a lot. I'm not going to run. Vote, 
vote for Ted Cruz. This is the same thing he did to Ben Carson. This guy will say anything. Nasty guy. Now I know why he doesn't have one endorsement from any right. of his colleagues. All right, right. John, I, I get Cruz to pick from the buffet there. He's a yeah. nasty guy. I, at one point, I, I, say, I tell you, at one point, I thought Donald Trump was going to punch somebody. We'll get more on the debates and WTF when we return. Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. And in today's Sunday Atlanta Journal-Constitution, you'll find an analysis of the roles of politics and religion in the Georgia primary election as the presidential candidates head south. If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. Now, you're so, you're, we're usually this show, the Von Hessler Doctrine, is usually on at 1 on Sundays. We've got a very special sort of sandwich show for you today. I'm your host, Eric Von Hessler. The doctrinaires are here. That's uh, Jared Yamamoto. That's English Nick. That's Autumn Fisher. And what we're going to do is take you up to 12 noon, and after the news, we will replay the entire Republican debate from last night. That'll take us up to about 2 o'clock. And after that news, we will come back, and we'll be with you until 3. Is that a good explanation, Jared? Perfect. I just want people to understand. Because, you know, they want their radio to fit like a glove, as so, I was told years ago. By we're like the bread. We're like the bread here. Yeah, we're the and, bread, and, and the Republican, uh, and there was some meat, man, and that yeah. uh, Republican. But before we go back to the, the debate last night, which I thought was more like Showtime at the Apollo than an actual debate, I haven't said Happy Valentine's Day yet to everyone Aww. out there. So uh, I maybe I should have brought some stuff in for you guys, because, you know, I love all of you, and... Uh, but I forgot to. But I do love all of you, and I consider you all. That was so sincere. Uh, my, my Valentine's. I actually went out last night uh, uh, with with my wife and DVR'd the debate. So I came back and watched the debate, and that's why I wasn't. I like to live tweet, and because you can you really have a lot of fun. But that was the one thing I missed out on because I didn't start watching the debate till like ten thirty. But I watched the whole thing, and I was absolutely amazed at at what I saw. And I'm also amazed that people are enjoying this. Uh, Donald Trump last night, I thought, was at times looked like a madman. I really do. I, I do not see how people look at that sort of behavior and think of it as presidential. And there, there were both sides, not both sides, uh, Trump was calling uh, people liars. I believe uh, Rubio called Cruz a liar. And, and nasty. And, yeah, and nasty. And he's a nasty person and, and, <laughs> and all of this. And, you know, it brings you back to something that I say quite often. You know, we have a right in this country. We have a left in this country. We have people in the middle. This country, we argue about politics all of the time. But, and for some reason right now, we maybe it's all generations feel like it's the end of the world. Like, if my side <laughs> doesn't win, then it's the end of the republic. And I think that that's, that's how people are, are feeling right now. And I like to remind people that this conversation in good times, debate in better times, and uh, absolute all-out brawl like we have now has been going on for hundreds of years. It's actually been going on for thousands of years, but in this country, it's been going on for hundreds of years. Conservative, liberal, progressive, liberal, we are mere stewards of this argument. People had this argument before we were here, People will be having this argument long after we are here. We are mere stewards of the debate. 
And you have to ask yourself, how are we doing in our mm-hmm. stewardship of this debate? And I would say, based on what I saw last night and what I saw on Thursday from the Democrat, Democrats, very poorly. Because we don't know how to debate anymore without saying the other side is the devil. They are the devil. And I think I hear cops coming to get me now somewhere. In- <laughs> <laughs> it's right here. It's what happens when you have people in New York City uh, on, online with you. So I think we're doing a poor job with that. Uh, we, you know, and that debate last night was, you know, here's, here's more of the back and forth between Trump and, and Cruz. Donald has this weird pattern. When you point to his own record, he screams, liar, liar, liar. If you want to go where did and I support watch, it? Where did if I support you want it? to go hey, Ted, watch, where did I support it? If you want it? to go and watch the video, go to our website, hey, Ted. tedcruz.org. Where did you can I support see it? it hey, Ted, out don't of tell Donald's me about a video. own mouth. When we where were did I support it? You supported it when we were battling over defunding Planned Parenthood. You went on That's television a lot and said Planned Parenthood does wonderful <laughs> things and we should not defund them. Oh, it does do wonderful and, things, and, and, but not as it relates to abortion. So tell they me, what, do are the Excuse me. what are the wonderful Excuse things me. it does? There are wonderful things having to do with women's health. You see, you and I disagree when it comes on that. To a, and not John, when it comes to abortion. That is not a debate. That's two men screaming at each other. Over each other. Just over each other and at each other. And Donald Trump was so red in the face that guy's face has more colors on it usually but the dominant one was was red last night and i really thought that he was going to to, to punch somebody you know with the the death of antonin scalia which we just talked about what that what that means what's what's what that means going forward anthony's no one can say that scalia was not a conservative he was as close to a purist as you can get yet his best friend on the court was ruth bader ginsburg the the the, the people he and his wife and the Ginsburgs were often seen dining together, going to opera together. They were best f- friends, apparently. And this, so so, what are you going to say, uh, Tea Party people? That that house somehow means that he's not a real conservative? We have forgotten how to debate in this country. You know, I I hear people this morning, oh, that was a great debate because they were really going at it. I've got news for you. Debates are supposed to be a little bit boring. Do you think during the Nixon-Kennedy debate at any point, uh, 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 hey, hey, Jack, you think Nixon ever said, hey, Jack, (laughs) hey, Jack. (laughs) 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 It's nonsense. Yeah, yeah. you ever think, uh, you know, Kennedy was like, uh, hey, hey, Richard, hey, he's a liar. I mean, this has gotten out of control, and it's a reflection of us. It is our fault, because what you're looking at on that screen is the way that we deal with one another, and it just percolates up until now. It is finally, um, and I guess because Trump is from a reality show, and he's, he's an entertainer, that we end up in this. Nick, you were saying earlier, well, it's I, like just like Survivor, when right? When you hear them go back on their word and stuff, it's like, oh, you've made this alliance, and now you're going to call this person out and double-cross them. Yeah, yeah. It's just madness. It's, it is reality television. I'll tell I you something. I don't think that Cruz did something wrong with the way he reacted. Because I, I don't know how else you're supposed to defend yourself without <laughs> sounding like that. Fight fire with fire, you mean? I, you know, maybe there's nothing, maybe once the, the, the thing is out there, I don't know, Kasich didn't react that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know about Kasich. Maybe keeping your cool, right, might yeah, mean more think, than, than fighting back. Yeah, I think I don't think that you call people liars when you're in the same party with them. That's what I'm saying. I don't think that Ronald Reagan would even understand. And you know what? I don't think JFK, if he watched the debate on Thursday night, would have any recognition of the party that he was the president of. <laughs> I mean, this is new territory. 
where we have decided that we're never going to come back together. Marco Rubio, the whole night is, I'm going to unify. I'm going to bring the country together. And then in his closing remarks, he throws a slam at gay marriage. How are you going to unify people if you tell him, I don't want the gay vote. I'm not interested in the gay vote. I'm not interested in gays. And I want to no- unify everybody that's not gay. Yeah, that's what it comes <laughs> to. I mean, I, and, and nobody is asked for specifics. Trump wants to move 12 million people out of the country in four years. I've told you this before. That's 8,200 people a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year being pulled out of their home. Where does that budget come from? Why can't a moderator ask Donald Trump or one of the other people say, how are we going to pay for this? Because here comes a lawyer that lets you know that constitutionally each one of them deserves a hearing first. Once it's paid for, are they gathered together on aircraft carriers? What is this going to look like? Or is it just going to be a constant stream every single day for four years of people being pulled out of their homes and kicked out of the country? I've got news for you. That's not going to happen. Even conservatives who think they have the the heart for it aren't... are going to be tapping out after a month and a half of that, all right? Because it's going to be the only thing that's in the news for four straight years is 8,200 people a year. Okay, on the gay marriage thing, you may be for it, you may be against it, whatever. When when uh, Marco Rubio says, when I'm president, we're going to respect marriage between one man and one woman, can somebody ask a follow-up question? What does that look like? I have to speculate because nobody will ask the question. So my speculation is, if I get in there, over time, I will put enough Supreme Court justices in there, and then we'll generate a case to come up to the Supreme Court, and then we'll reverse that ruling. Okay, so you're telling me, conservatives, this is going to take six years or so. You're going to reverse this ruling, and then you're going to go back and tell people who have been married legally for six years, seven years, that now you're not married legally. This is not the same as abortion. If you overturn Roe v. Wade tomorrow, it would have no effect on the past. All the abortions that have already happened have happened. They couldn't be reversed. This is different. So, so in the name of liberty, which I hear from Cruz an awful lot and from Rubio a lot, in the name of liberty, after six years of people being one legal status, you're going to go back and strip them of a right that has been recognized. Remember this. Rights are not granted. Rights are recognized. No one has the ability to hand you a right or generate a right. When rights, when you are enfranchised under the Constitution, your rights are simply recognized. When in American history, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm forgetting something, when in American history have we gone back after recognizing a group's rights and taken them back and said, now we no longer recognize your rights? I believe that the moderators and the other people involved in this race should be asking these specific questions because it's going to lead to trouble. If Trump does become president and very quickly finds out that he can't get 12 million people out of here in four years, the people who voted for him are going to be so upset they're going to hit the streets. It is political malpractice for him to dangle that out in front of people and say we're going to do it when either he knows or he doesn't know, but it doesn't matter. You can't do it. You cannot deport 8,200 people seven days a week, 365 days a year for four years. It's not possible. So... 
can somebody at least ask for the specifics? Why why are Republican candidates allowed to say uh, we're going to change? We're going to we're going to go back to marriage between one woman and one man, and nobody asks for specifics exactly how is that going to happen? Shouldn't that be on the table? And isn't that more important than people yelling at each other and looking like they're in the middle of a bar brawl? These are the things that we need to be debating. Well, that's what I was going to ask next. It seems like I mean, if these debates continue to get this nasty, I mean, well, what's the next thing? They're going to create a boxing ring in the middle of there and just <laughs> let, let people go after each other? I mean, yeah. I'd rather have specifics too, but why Why in the world has it come to this? Because it's us. It's a reflection of us. You look, this was it, this week in Georgia, you follow state politics more than of I course. do, Jared. This week, what was it, the Pastor Protection Act? Yeah, yeah, passed. Completely unnecessary piece of legislation. Completely unnecessary. Absolutely pandering to people. Let me tell you something about preachers, pastors, and priests. They don't even have to marry heterosexual couples they don't want to marry. A, a, a pastor does not have to marry everybody who walks into the church. It's already, a, a church is a club. A, a priest, priests have been turning down people in marriages for one reason or another uh, for years. This is a completely unnecessary, and you ask for it, you ask for the pandering, and then you end up, and the people always deserve the politics they get. That's the truth. This is our fault, not their fault. All right, we will uh, get hopefully get to a little WTF when we return. Welcome back. I am Eric Von Hessler. WSB's Kirk Mellis is predicting a high around 46. That translates to a 4 on the Mellis meter. And look, we got a winter weather threat brewing in the WSB Storm Center. Kirk, as you know, will have an update at the top and bottom of each hour today and first thing tomorrow morning on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. This extended weather report is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And uh, let's just stay with the, the debate here for a moment. You, know, you have numbers last night? Yeah, yeah. So it looks like we just got numbers in right that here. That brawl, that barroom brawl? Yeah, so CBS averaged a 9.3 household ratings uh, or household rating in Nielsen's uh, metered market. So just to give you an idea, the highest one before that was the Fox Business debate. Uh, which had a 7.4 rating, and that was back in mid-January. So this is the highest rated of this cycle, certainly. Of all, t- yeah, of all time. Yeah, that's the most time. watched debate of all time, which is a shame because now people are going to think that that's what debates are supposed to look like. Has there always been this, like, booing from the ba- from the, no, the, the no, audience no. in and these if things? You, actually, if you go back to the first Republican debate, this cycle, they asked the, the audience to be quiet, which is silly to have an audience there and ask them to be quiet yeah. because it's not going to last, and that broke through by the second debate why do we have an audience there that's a good question <laughs> that's a good What's question the point, it, the point it, there shouldn't be i don't uh, during let's go back to the nixon kennedy debate there was no audience it was done in a television studio and i yeah it gets to the hooting and the hollering and and i i just feel like um it becomes a reality show and yeah. then people say oh that was exciting well yeah but what did you learn what yeah, did nothing. you learn? You learned that Donald Trump can lose his temper. I mean, that man looked like he was going to punch somebody. I don't know what he drowned. If he had a Red Bull before he went out there, I don't know what happened. Too much ambient. <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he went the other way. But, I mean, he was going after everybody, calling people names. Uh, you know, I, I just, to me, I don't, do I find it entertaining? I'm not, I am human. So, yeah, I, I will find it entertaining. But it's like, uh... It's like Chinese food, you know, filling, and then ten minutes later, I'm hungry again. You know, yeah, it's entertaining. It's like, wow, well, Showtime with the Apollo. Woo! He called me a liar. Look what's happening there. But then, after ten minutes after the, the debate's over, 
I'm wondering, did I learn anything? Do I know anything more about these candidates? And this is all a great segue to let you know that coming up right now, this is kind of a weird show. We're on for this hour. We are about from right after the news at 12 o'clock. We are going to replay the entire Republican debate. And then after the news at 2 o'clock, we'll come back with another hour of the Von Hessler Doctrine. So if you, if you hadn't seen it or uh, you, wanna, you definitely want to hear it again, and then you can uh, tell me I was t- terribly wrong uh, when we come back. But for me... Entertainment is fine. I get entertained like anyone else. But a debate is supposed to be just a little bit boring. So you'd be for the boxing ring idea then? Yeah, you might as well just drop all pretenses and, you know, let them, let them put up their dukes and, and, Ooh, and go at Ooh, fear factor. Yeah, put them in a box hanging over a yeah, canyon. Yeah, roaches and <laughs> stuff. Hey, you know what? If Trump is Chinese food, he's that sweet and sour orange sauce. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, you know, it's more delicious than it is... Uh, Educational. All right, so coming up, you'll get the news, then you'll get the entire Republican uh, debate from last night, and then we'll talk to you again at about 2.06. Have fun. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.